0: we're live we're rolling
1: yeah all right well welcome to the all-american maker podcast and my name is Brendan Habum and we have the distinct pleasure of having Bert from Bison Union here today I wouldn't really call it distinct or a pleasure Uh, you
0: have you have low standards if it's a distinct pleasure to have me on a podcast (laughs) How's everybody doing? My name is Bert Kuntz, uh, the owner of Bison, one of several owners of Bison Union and Landon Bison. Uh, I just happen to be the founder of it and the guy that does all the designs and lifts heavy stuff. So that's about it.
1: So tell us a little bit about how you started Bison Union. So,
0: you know, the long version as I got out of the military or the short version condensed is I got out of the military, was looking for. You know, something to do to kind of fill that void of being on a team with guys, and I say guys because I was in an all male unit. It was arm, you know, it was an all male unit within the army mm-hmm. um, in special operations, and I was trying to fill that void of getting out of the army and being around civilians and not having that team to be around all the time. Twenty, because when you are on a team like that in, in, in the army, or you're literally with each other 24 hours a day. You know more about each other than you do about your family and your spouses at the time. I mean, it's just the way it works. You deploy right. together. You train together. You do. When I say deployment, I don't just mean combat missions either. I mean, you do training missions and work with other countries, and, and you're gone a lot. So you, you really get to know your teammates um, and to go straight from doing that, from being on a team to not being on a team. Um, it's, it's a, it's a pretty big transition. So
1: yeah, I can't imagine
0: <laughs> you had to fill that void for me. I was in Fort Worth, Texas at the time. And, you know, I say it a lot. The two things that I wanted to be as a kid were, you know, a zookeeper or work with animals. The other one was be a green beret or a Navy SEAL. And the last one is, you know, be a cowboy or a rancher. Um, mm-hmm. I, I never would have been a Navy SEAL cause I'm just not good in water. Um, <laughs> especially not a hundred feet underwater. And I'll never be a cowboy. I didn't grow up with horses, and I don't have that background. I think I could definitely be somebody at some point that is proficient on a horse, mm-hmm. but proficient is a stretch as well. You know, y- you talk about cowboys, you talk about people that, you know, are multi-generational that have been doing this, and it's their lifestyle. It's not just something to look cool on Instagram or, you know, these are guys, that, guys and gals that work cows and horses and livestock 24-7, 365 days a year Uh, I don't think I'll ever be one of those Um, but getting out of the military and away from that team I was trying to find that 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 void to fill and get back around a group of people and and just through chance a friend of mine um, his name's not chance but just by chance comma a friend of mine in Texas hooked me up with a rancher named Buster Frierson, who's now an owner in Bison Union, Bison Union Coffee. He's going to be coming on board at Land and Bison with the buffalo stuff and the ranching stuff up here in Wyoming as well. Hmm. But uh, I got a job on a ranch. And Buster, you know, Buster's kind of stuck in the 1800s. He's, he's uh, a rough guy, a fair guy, one of the most decent, honest human beings you'll ever meet. If he says he's going to do something, he does it. You know, he works hard. He runs a pretty good-sized ranch right in, in Fort Worth, Texas, still inside the city limits. Um, of of Alito in Fort Worth, right there, but uh, got a job working for him for ten bucks an hour, which was a lot less money than I was making at the time. Mm-hmm. And my wife, Candace, about divorced me, and then she realized real quickly how happy I was. Mm-hmm. Me- to me, it wasn't about money, you know. It, no. it became about money because we had to pay our bills, and working for ten dollars an hour at thirty, you know, thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven years old is not. Probably not the best spot you want to be in in America in this mm-hmm. this day and age, but I was happy, and that's a hard thing to do. You know, I'd work, I'd work for five dollars an hour if I could pay our bills and and be happy. You mm-hmm. know, to me that's more important than anything. You you spent some time with us now. You and I have been talking for I think gosh a couple of years now, mm-hmm. and finally after a couple of years, just everybody's so busy you and i finally got to link up in person here this week in wyoming but i think it's the perfect time it, it is i think you really did hit us at the perfect time because um, we're starting to get things sorted out we've made a lot of mistakes and in business and personal mm-hmm. not just me the people around me that are now part of a circle that i'm really lucky to be in uh but i found that team you know yeah. i found that team and it started on a ranch and on that ranch, you know, Buster is a traditional cowboy in every sense of the word. So he's normally in boots, jeans, a button-down shirt, mm-hmm. you know, a belt belt buckle, and a, and a cowboy hat. Um, and, but he also goes to the gym every night. He's, he's one of those guys that works his butt off, you know, 12, 14 hours a day on a ranch, and then he takes time to eat dinner, and he goes to the gym every night, even if he has to go at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock at night, knowing he's going to get back up at 5 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, but he's also a T-shirt hat guy when he does that stuff. So we just were bullshitting on the ranch um, and decided to do some hats and T-shirts. Hmm. And we we took a couple designs and threw them on some shirts. And we I, also, I had a little following on social media on Facebook at the time. This was before Instagram got big, big. And we launched them there, and they did really well. And I had a following on Instagram, not a big one, you know, maybe 10,000 people or something like that. Um, but we launched those shirts and, and they did a lot better than anybody expected. So we kind of turned two shirts into four shirts into, you know, eight shirts and a couple hats. And Mm -hmm. you can see where I'm going with that. And now we're, you know, now we're here in, in Sheridan, Wyoming with a coffee shop and a full on lifestyle and apparel brand and, and have moved into some other stuff that I'm sure you'll probably ask about, or maybe not.
1: (laughs) So... How would you say you would take your products like to anyone out there who makes products and use them to not only inspire others but to do good as a result
0: you know that that's that's a really good question I've thought about it a lot lately there's a lot of scumbags out there, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of t shirt printers and you know hat makers and embroiders and You know t-shirt vendors and it's become you know it's become a game of who can mark stuff up more and you know who can take a a good that's manufactured at a relatively cheap price and get the most money out of it Mm -hmm. fine with me america was built on capitalism it was a bunch of drunk white guys in a bar that said hey we're paying too many taxes for not being represented here at home and we're paying too many taxes and it's you know we're not getting paid enough for our farm supplies and you know, hay and livestock and, and, and meat production, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I get it. America is a capitalist society. If you want to take something like this banana I'm holding in my hand and buy it for a nickel and sell it for $50, mm-hmm. if somebody wants to buy it for 50 bucks. good on you. Yeah. Our, our mentality is a little different. You know, as we do more business, we're going to continue to lower the prices of our yeah. goods because we'll get a lower price. And I know this is business 101, but there's a lot of people out there that, you know, they'll go to a t-shirt company and buy the blanks and they'll mark that up. And then mm-hmm. they print your t-shirt and they mark that up a little bit and then they charge you shipping and they mark that up a little bit. And, yep. you know, for us, we've tried to avoid that. And if, you know, we don't do business with people like that. Um, and for us, and I, I don't think it's just for us, you, you're, you make a lot of goods at on your own in your, your space mm-hmm. in New York, And you're trying to make as many things in America as you can, and we are too. Um, There's a lot of stuff that's probably not going to happen anytime soon for us. There's nobody in America, and I I always ask somebody to prove me wrong Mm -hmm. when I say, show me a company that makes every part of their baseball hat in the United States. There's a lot of people that say made in the USA, and then when I call them, I say, okay... Every single thing from the inside sweatband to the snap on the back to the mesh on your baseball hat to the bill and the plastic inside the bill. You guys made all that in the United States. Mm I have not had one company ever say to me, yes, they go, well, you know, there's a huge (laughs) difference between made in America and Mm -hmm. built in America. Like assembled. Yes, assembled or built, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Produced and made is a totally different word. Right. Manufactured is a totally different word. Mm -hmm. You just made some candles for us that are manufactured 100% in the United States. The tins, the labels, the inks on the labels, the wax itself is a soy wax that, you know, was grown here. From Kentucky. From Kentucky. The wick, everything. Mm -hmm. Not many people can say that. And we have never hidden that. We Hmm. use Richardson hats and we use 10 other hat companies that are Vietnam and Mexico. And we can't afford if if I had the money and investors, I Mm -hmm. would figure out a way right here in Sheridan to make a hat in the United States. It's not going to happen because I don't have $10 million cash to make a facility like that right now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's one of those things we're trying super hard, but there's just certain things that are really hard because of EPA regulations or government regulations to actually make here in the United States. A baseball hat's one of them. Tennis shoes are another one. We'd never make tennis shoes, but we always get beat up every now and then on the internet. Somebody will say, I bought your hat and it was made in Vietnam or made in Mexico, and it's like, you go look at their Instagram account because they messaged you on Instagram and the Mm -hmm. guy's got a Harley Davidson, which is...
1: Not, ha- made uh, not made in the USA,
0: <laughs> and he's wearing Nike shoes, not made in the USA, and mm-hmm. Levi jeans, not made in the USA. You know what I mean? But p- yeah. so people get wrapped around this, this notion of man, I'm not going to support a company that 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 sells something with an American flag on it that's not made in the United States. It's like, hey, you got to look at the other side of this. Right. The hats we get are owned by an American company that make them offshore. All the shipping involved back and forth is an American company. All the people that take the orders for those hats are Americans in an American company. Mm -hmm. We get those hats and patches, and our patches are made in Taiwan, which... I was stationed in Asia for eight years I have no problem dealing with some of these countries like it's not you you can't throw a racist blanket over all of Asia and just say hey we're not going to deal with those people like anything made in Asia is bad that's not the case that's like looking at the United States and going I'm only going to accept stuff that's made in Colorado or Wyoming Mm -hmm. every other I don't like California you have to look at it as a whole you know for us, like somewhere like Taiwan is a huge ally of the United States. We do yeah. joint ventures with them. We do joint military exercises with them. Um, Cambodia, Thailand, we do, we do at any given time with our embassies and our personnel and our military, we have tens of thousands of people in Thailand and Cambodia working with their host nation counterparts, trying to make the world a better place. I don't mind doing business with them. They got to you know, too. They do. And they're good people that will support us if the world goes crazy and we have World War Three. I also think, you know, I'm going down a a rabbit hole here. But when you look at things in terms of world superpowers, do I do I do I want to do business with China? Not necessarily. I don't believe that their government works the same way I would want ours to. Mm -hmm. But they're also just by proxy, and the amount of business we do with them, they're one of our greatest allies. Yeah. You know, you're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars of business that we do with these countries, and you know i think the president with i don't want to get into politics but i think if this this little headbutting competition that's going back and forth with china right now is going to be a positive one a few years down the road yeah. i think it's really going to start to level out the prices and you know hopefully someday we can have an open fair trade system where nobody's screwing anybody else over and it's okay to do business with mm-hmm. certain aspects because takes soy Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know there's a lot of countries in asia to include china that buy a lot of produce from the united states and support a lot of farmers and ranchers in the united states and you have to look at you you can't just look at it as a one-way valve right Um, we have to look at the bigger picture of furniture and goods that come from the united states and crops and meat production not just that anything the cultivation of art sciences everything that streams back and forth we can't just go yeah, screw China. I don't want to do anything with China because there are some positives there. And you, if you're going to look at the right. negatives, you have to look at the positives. But
1: Well, and it's, take this tumbler for instance. Yeah. You can't buy one made in USA. And the reason I found out is because we've regulated the power consumption required to make these so much yeah. that we've regulated ourselves out of business.
0: Well, that's it. And, and that's exactly what I'm talking about, that it's like the hats. It's like, it's like anything. You get into this battle where our own government makes it really, really hard for the small businessman like you and I to do business Mm -hmm. solely in America. Right. You know, yet we're going to start selling more stuff like the candles you make and the woodworking stuff and actual craftsmanship that is from here. I don't want to buy a wooden... You know, something carved in in northern, you know, northern Cambodia. Yeah. And and that's mass produced by people who are sitting in a little village and getting paid pennies on the dollars to just sit and carve stuff and make woodwork Mm -hmm. for America. I'd rather find, you know, like the guy Ryan from Patriot Woodworks that does all of our woodwork for the shop and all the stuff. We're starting to sell the flags and the trays and the, you know, the coffee trays we're making. He's here in Rawlings, Wyoming. He's got five kids. He's an Air Force Mm -hmm. veteran and he works 60 hours a week in gas and oil and he goes home at night and on the weekends and does woodwork for bison union
1: it's a hard-working guy and
0: and that's it and if i can continue to help that guy and push his business with my business when somebody says hey who made that ford tailgate bench with the american flag the wooden Mm -hmm. bench outside that you guys put a tailgate on and i tell him and i send him right to ryan hopefully a year from now we push enough business his way that he can tell his gas and oil company. I, I got to move on. I've, I'm I've, I'm making enough money and supporting my family on my own.
1: That'd be huge. Um,
0: it's huge. Uh, so it's, it's a conundrum for me. It's really a tough one because I would love to make everything in the United States, obviously, but I, I, that's just not realistic. And, sure. And you got keyboard warriors on social media that will beat you up for having something that's made in another country. And it's like, man it's not that simple i wish i i wish i had the time and the energy and the skill and the craftsmanship to carve everything i own out of wood Mm -hmm. or you know have a forge at my house and everything that i have or literally be able to build my own truck and my shop on my property not going to happen anytime soon i don't have the time or the money to keep putting food on my table and furthering my life and do all that stuff yeah um Sorry, I went down a huge rabbit hole there, but it's a real sensitive conversation with me.
1: Well, it's a big one for makers because it's kind of a thing that is constantly talked about. Like, American made, we got to make it here, we got to find everything here. And, like, I do my best to find that, but some yeah. people, depending on the product, can't find that. Like, electronics, for instance, anyone who is rambling on social media is rambling on a phone or a computer that is made in china
0: that's it and that's the perfect example the guy that's bashing us again it goes back to the harley and the nikes and the cell phones and you know people get fired up about it and you just sit back and look at them and go man even your ford truck the radio and gps system and everything it's not made in the united states Mm -hmm. it's not just ford it's chevy dodge and you name it. You're t- Take any anything that people use on a daily basis, and really, that's not wood or metal. Yeah. And back that off, and start to take the the layers, of the onion back. A lot of this stuff is made. It's cool to say I got a Ford truck, and I'm supporting Ford, and I'm buying from a mm-hmm. U.S. automaker. But I'm not that naive
1: to well, think that my entire truck was made. Yeah,
0: that was made in the United <laughs> States. It's just it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And companies that do try and make it happen. You go look at the price tag and you're like, "Oh man, can't afford that." I'd, I'd love to do this if I was a billionaire. I'd mm-hmm. buy it. I'd, I'd have everything made in the United States. Yeah. I'm not a billionaire and never will be. Um, so it's it's a sore subject with me, but it's a good one that I think needs to be talked about more often. That it's okay to support other countries, and I I always use the military default when somebody gets really ramped up and messages me and like. Man, uh, you guys, you guys talk about the military in America, and you're you're really outward, and you have these American values. But then you have stuff that's made overseas, like your T-shirt, you know, Mm -hmm. a T-shirt here and there, some of your hats, and I really try and explain to those people in a calm manner because my first reaction is to say, go, you know, pound sand with some f bombs in there and Mm -hmm. like pull your head out of your ass. But it's just unrealistic. But I do it in a calm manner and say, hey. You know, at any given point, there's about a million U.S. service members that are deployed overseas and not just service members as far as, you know, shooters and gun people and grunts and, and you know, fighter jets and tactical stuff. You're talking about embassies. You're talking about, you know, every department that works with other countries throughout the U.S. government that has, you know, diplomats and and dignitaries stationed overseas. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a million people that are deployed to other countries from the United States on a daily basis working with those countries. Yeah. That to me is where the world should be going. I love America more than anybody and if I don't ever have to leave America again, I've traveled the world enough. I don't need to leave America ever again. Sure. Unless my wife wants to go on to vacation to Europe or something I'll I'll go. Mm-hmm. And I'll enjoy it. But I'm totally fine not ever leaving Wyoming to be honest well, with you. Well you have to
1: get to Alaska.
0: Yeah, I do. Um, but like that stuff but I also I also really enjoy working with other cultures and countries mm-hmm. I think it's important for us
1: well in a good transition here is like say for instance your hats I mean they're probably a third of the cost of a hat that's made here in the USA or at least assembled and that difference in price is what make a big difference when it comes to okay we're selling this hat and we want the proceeds to help support landon bison like we do the more money you make off the hat the more good you can do the more
0: buffalo we can buy and the more you know the more we can support the the bison industry and not just the bison industry the american you know american commerce across the board Mm -hmm. um and it's you know, like our hats, they're the perfect example of, you know, there's other people that do try and make or build hats in the United States, and the quality's not the same. And it's just, it's, it, it's, it's three times more expensive for something that's a lesser quality.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, but our hats, like the one you're wearing, a Landon Bison patch, that patch was embroidered completely with U.S. yarns and, and threads, not yarns, but threads, right here in the same building we work in by people that are from a small community of Sheridan. It's got 17,000 people. So Mm -hmm. that hat is purchased by this company that's an American company, the one you're wearing at Richardson, which employs a lot of Americans. They do all their shipping with American shipping companies.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm an American company and my employees have to order those hats. So you're employing more people here doing work for us. Yeah, That hat comes here. The patch is made here. The patch is sewn on here and then it's brought upstairs and we sell it in our stores and online, and when we sell it online, we use the United States Post Office. Mm-hmm. You're, again, the amount of American jobs that that one single hat touches, it's crazy. Hundreds, it t- hundreds of people. And directly mm-hmm. touches probably a dozen people that are all employed by American companies. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's again... Don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I would love if that hat was made right here at a factory in the United States. Definitely. But there's a reason Richardson and Outdoor Cap and I could name a 100 hat companies, There's there a reason they don't make their hats in the United States? Because our own government has made it so ridiculously complicated and hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm not an anti-government guy by any means, but the government makes it so hard for the average American company to do business in the United States, period. Yeah. And it's politicians. They don't Mm -hmm. care. They care about themselves. They don't care about the small business. Not all of them, but I'd say a vast majority of them, at the end of the day, they don't care. Mm -hmm. They don't care about the small business person or or a company like yours or mine. They just don't. They love to say they do, and they love to put bills up, and they love to try and help. But at the end of the day they're going to get a much larger paycheck or a much larger donation from a giant corporation that does all their business offshore, which fuels those other countries and other companies. Mm-hmm. It just, it's not changing either. Unless, unless you get a, an administration in here that can really do what's happening right now and say, sure, you guys want to charge us big tariffs. We're going to, we're going to double yours. Yeah. You know, I just saw t- Trump is going to do 3 billion more, you know, it's a dollar's worth of, you know, tariffs, 10, 10% bump on everything else that isn't, doesn't have a tariff on it from China. Hmm. And at some point, China's going to buckle because they won't, their country would shut down without Chinese goods making it to the United States. And I don't right. think that's a good answer either. No. Because then you have, you know, however many billions of people that are out of work over there.
1: Well, and then the, bad things happen when desperation happens. It does. Yeah.
0: And, and the other part of this that nobody sees, it's easy to say, screw China, I don't want my stuff to be made in China. But they don't look at it on the level of there's a guy like you and I Mm -hmm. that's in China that has no fight in the game at all. Mm -hmm. That's just creating some goods or runs a factory or is a manager at a factory that has five kids and he wants them to play play baseball and go to school just like you would right here in Sheridan, Wyoming. Mm -hmm. A kid, a parent would with their kids. That's the guy that I want to connect with and leave the government out of it Mm -hmm. if I could. Because, again, there's somebody just like me in China that's getting taxed and his, his politicians are fighting with our politicians and we're being used as a chess piece Very he true. doesn't care he's got nothing against America and nothing mm-hmm. against Americans that's where I see this Yeah, you know if you really think about it everybody kind of lumps China into this big giant evil devil and it's like no There's a lot of working-class people in China that are just like working-class people in the United States that don't have a fight in the game, and all they do is want to wake up in the morning and have a safe place to live and raise their kids and have food on their table. Mm -hmm. And they're just like us. They just look different and talk different. That's That's true. So, you know, if you put it on that level and you pick this thing apart and dissect it, man, there's nothing wrong with doing business with other countries.
1: And I think it's a change of perspective because if you switch from – the whole like very narrow-minded thought of like it has to be made here to if it's not made here what could be done with that difference like the difference in price or the value of supporting someone somewhere else yeah like you got to think positively on those things and realize okay we're doing good no matter where it's made and because of the difference in price we can actually do more good right now
0: yes And that's that's what we're trying to focus on. And again, I don't know if it'll ever happen. I don't know if we'll have that kind of money here within this company and the companies that we're part of. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if I could, you know, plus I'm also balding. So I like hats. Mm -hmm. But if I could have my own hat factory right here and share it and not mine ours um, here in Sheridan and make our own hats right in Sheridan County, Wyoming, at a manufacturing facility right here, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. I just don't have the money to do it right now, or I would. If somebody came up to me and said, here's $10 million, build your factory to make hats right here in the United States from start to finish Mm -hmm. that are like the hats you already sell, I would do it. I just don't have the time or the money right now to get an investor. I don't want investors to come on board. We've done all this on our own. True and i i don't have 10 million dollars not even close yeah. i mean you've been here you've seen how we operate every single dime we make goes back to our companies or to our employees mm-hmm. and and it's going to be like that for a few more years cuz we're not we're trying hard not to take money from banks or from private investors no yeah. because it's important to us to do this on our own definitely and it's not a you know people are like oh you're too proud why don't you bring on investors you know if you had 5 million dollars you could probably make 20 million dollars with Bison Union and i'm like yeah, I know I could, but then I also have somebody who's not attached to me or my brand or the ranch and farm and ag space or military mm-hmm. veterans. You know, there there is somebody else out there like that. Mm-hmm. And if I find that person that understands Buffalo and understands, you know, yeah. working class America and cares about ranchers, farmers and, and military service members. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about it. I would take that money if it was somebody who believed to the core what we believe into the core. In a heartbeat, but have the same heart yep. and
1: and have it where their influence, because they're a partner, doesn't help you stray from what you've focused on already. No, yeah. and I, you
0: know I've worked at other companies and I've been in those board meetings or around those meetings and around you know meetings with big investors and people and it's just to me it's just a constant round table of everybody trying to be the smartest person in the room and mm-hmm. I'll be the first guy to say that I want to take a can of gasoline and dump it on the table and drop a match and walk away because I I hate it
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'll never be the smartest person in the room ever mark my words and if I am you won't know it but you know that's I'm 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 learning to deal with corporate America cuz I have mm-hmm. to now cuz we're growing yeah but it's super hard. And my dad was in corporate America and he was kind of had the same attitude I am. Mm-hmm. and it got him in a lot of trouble through his career because he would tell people to pound sand. Mm-hmm. and he had the same you know he was all for the working class and the workers. Like if you're living a lot better than your employees, yeah there's something wrong. If you're, If you're a charity and you're living better than the people that you're donating to on a mm-hmm. daily basis, I just there's something inherently wrong with that to me. And, right. and people look at us online and they're like, you have a cabin in the woods and you, you have Buffalo and stuff, but we're also broke. And I don't mean broke like we have no money. We've right. been smart and we save a little bit so that if something happens to our dogs or us or we get sick or our house burns down, our cabin, whatever, we can take care of ourselves. But other than that, we're not. You're not millionaires. No. And we're a long way from it. And social
1: media way. is like very deceiving because. Super deceiving like even as hard as you work to try and keep things raw and real yeah people still think oh they're super successful like i gotta figure out how to partner with them because they'll bring me up and it's like well the whole idea should be that if you're trying to partner with somebody that you're trying to bring others up not thinking of yourself
0: no and that's you and i meeting this week and and you met the whole part of our team minus buster and tyler mm -hmm. and everybody was super impressed with how you do business because it's you know i know you do video stuff but i didn't realize how good you were at it and i know you make the stuff that you make but when we got to meet you you're not here to make a bunch of money off us and we're not here to make a bunch of money off you this was a fun week like it's it's been crazy <laughs> had a blast. but it's a fun week yeah. but At the same token, if you can have fun and be honest and treat your customers, and when I say honest, I say honesty in business. Like I don't care what anybody does outside of business. Your Mm -hmm. your personal life is your own, but when it comes to business and you start exchanging money Mm -hmm. and promising people things, you have to. That that to me is the epitome of having integrity. And you know, like working with you this week. If, and I told you your wife would never do it because you guys just bought a house in New York but I, I would have you move here in a heartbeat and work with us mm-hmm. non-stop with all these companies because um, it was fun Yeah. and the, the beauty of fun in business is if it's not too much fun mm-hmm. you can have fun and take care of your customers first and create content and products that mm-hmm. will make everybody money and your customers happy and I keep right. saying customers because we've made it a point that our customers and I, you know, are come, come first, Mm -hmm. even those people, like one in a thousand people will message me about our hats being made overseas. And again, my first reaction is to want to say, F you like, then go shop somewhere else. Like, don't care, man. Like uh, we, I, we can only explain this so many times at a third grade level. So you understand it, that it's, it's too hard for a small business in America to, to, to be unrealistic and think that every single thing you can make is made 100% in America. Right. Um, But... We don't. I engage those people and I talk to them and, you know, I take a deep breath and I try to explain to them. And if they still don't want to do business with them, Mm -hmm. that's fine. And that's the other beauty of America. You don't have a communist or a socialist country where you can only buy bread from one place. You can only buy your clothes from one place that's run by the government. Shop wherever you want. Mm -hmm. But don't come in my store and shit on the floor because I'm going to grab you by your neck and throw you right out in traffic. Like, don't care. You can't, you know. And that's the other part of social media. People are super tough. Mm Mm-hmm. When they're you know they're online telling you that your hats that you're that you're you're a communist supporter and this that and the other thing and it's like man you get people in person it's a whole other story
1: right like you actually have to know the heart of someone before you and and it's none of our jobs to judge no and and really at the end of the day the way I see it is we need to try and better ourselves because. As a result, our relationships will grow with character and integrity. Yeah, because absolutely. we're working on ourselves, not trying to fix someone else.
0: No, and, and my my big thing now is when somebody messages me and says, "Hey, you know, is your stuff made or in the United, one hundred percent United States, a T-shirt or a hat or something like that? That's that's really hard to get made in America. That doesn't cost, you know, three times more. Mm-hmm. That means we have to charge the customer three times more." I always ask, no, they're not. But do you know of a hat company that's like our hats? That's a hundred, hundred percent made, one hundred percent made in the USA. Right. I still have never had anybody say, yep, try this company. Because they'll right. say, yeah, check out these guys in Texas. You mm-hmm. know, they even say their hats are. You know, their brand is named. Right. American cap or whatever it is or their brand is named this and then mm-hmm. you you call them and you talk to them and go Hey, and I'm not beating anybody up. No, but you talk to them and you go so you can a hundred percent unequivocally tell me every single portion of your hat or your shirt or your whatever is made in the United States I have yet to get an answer of yes, right? It's well this little piece or this buckle or this strap or this this you know this snap or this button that's on the top of your hat, I still don't know why they put those buttons on top of the hat. But It makes
1: them really hard to get under the racks. It, it does. <laughs>
0: but, uh, but but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. again, all jokes aside, I still have yet to have one company. And I hope somebody listening to this will message me and say, hey, these guys 100% make their caps in the United States, and they're the best caps I've ever worn. Right. But those two never line up together. Mm-hmm. I never get, it's 100 one hundred percent made in the United States, right. and it's the best cap you'll ever wear. I right. I'm, I'm still don't get those. Like I, I haven't. It's we're going on four years, and I still haven't gotten that email from somebody or that direct message on social media. Yeah. And I challenge anybody find Bison Union, a hat company that makes a hundred percent made in the United States with a reasonable price, where mm-hmm. it's not twenty-five dollars for a blank or thirteen or eighteen bucks for a blank. Right. I'll make it here. I'll I'll, I'll support them. -hmm. I'll at least give them a shot and let our customers decide if it's a good hat or not. Yeah. Uh, And I mean that. And I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. But as we move forward, all of our leather patches, all of our embroidered patches are made right here in this building. You know, all of our keychains, our candles now. And that's just, I'd say half of our inventory now is made 100% in the United States. And I'm Mm -hmm. pushing for 100% of our inventory. Definitely. But. It takes time it takes time and i think it's unrealistic unless you are a monster manufacturing right and there's a reason nike and adidas and north face and the patty name any con- company that's gotten to a billion dollars annual a year none of them make all their stuff in the united states no. not one and it doesn't matter levi wrangler mm-hmm. you pick pick a pick a culture in america ranch farm rap hip-hop sports. Mm-hmm. Pick any auto racing, pick any culture in America and show me how that culture is supplied with gear that's a hundred percent made in the United States. Now I know somebody's gonna comment on this or message and say well what about steel chainsaws and loggers there's some specialty industries where yes right and i don't know i'm throwing steel out there. i don't know if their stuff's 100 i'm just using that industry like logging
2: mm-hmm.
0: there's going to be an industry out there somewhere like saddles for horses and tack and bridles for rodeo guys or ranchers where every single thing that they use for their horse yeah. is made but i know their jeans are not mm-hmm. and i know their t- their button-down shirts are probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but we partner with people like Schaefer Outfitters, and we're doing some flannel shirts with those guys, and they're trying super, super hard to produce everything in the United States. Yeah. But again, even those guys, it's hard. It's hard to get milled flannel shirts that, you know, in North and South Carolina and Georgia, where, you know, a lot of those mills are for making American-made shirts. And But the other side of it is it's hard to get the production lined Mm -hmm. up on them it's timely it's costly and the end result is those those flannel shirts are going to cost the consumer a hundred to two hundred bucks yeah i don't mind paying that if i know the shirt's going to last years years for being a hundred or two hundred dollar flannel shirt that i'm going to wear out every time i'm working outside in the winter time don't mind filson orvis i could name a hundred brands that i think are awesome i rarely see anything that's a hundred percent made in the united states Mm So, sorry, I know I got off on the tangent there, but it's a huge subject right now, and yeah. it's going to come up in this next political election um, election cycle. It's going to come up again, so it's right. near and dear to my heart. Uh, but it's just unrealistic. Mm-hmm. It, it it is unless you're a craftsman like you are with the candles. You're a woodworker, a welder, or and and there's a million industries. You know, mm-hmm. f- what, florist. I could I could sit here for t- two hours and name. A lot of industries in the United States that 100% everything they do is made in the United States, I will always support them and try and give them my business. It's like veteran-owned businesses. Like these pottery mugs. The the mugs we use are 100% made in the United States. Mm -hmm. Every single thing from start to finish. We posted a video yesterday. They're 100% made in the United States, right Mm -hmm. here in Sheridan, Wyoming now, right on Main Street. And people always ask me, they're like, when we launch these things, we're like, 50 bucks for a coffee mug? Yeah. You're, you're out of your mind. I can go to Target or Walmart and buy one for $7 that's right. a diner mug that's going to last forever. But then they see what goes into it, and they get it in their hand. And if somebody's robbing your house, you could knock them out with this thing. Like, it's a beefy <laughs> mug. Yeah. And in our, if somebody breaks one and sends it, pitcher back to us or sends it to us and say, man, mm-hmm. my favorite m- mug broke, we're going to give you one at cost mm-hmm. or, or make it right. Mm-hmm. We don't have to, but we will. But people saw the video of how they're made, and I've, the amount of messages I get, they're like, I'd pay $100 for that mug because the women, it's yeah. a women owned company. You watch the video, every mug takes about 15, 20 minutes just to make the mug. That doesn't include glazing or painting. Right. Um, so it's American craftsmanship. Same thing you do. And mm-hmm. it's not just you. There's. So many people that message me on a weekly basis and say, hey, here's the products I do. Everything we do is 100%. I use reclaimed barn wood to make these signs or this furniture. You know, mm-hmm. we literally go out to barns in Pennsylvania and upstate New York. And every time we, we go to auctions and somebody says, I don't want this barn anymore, just come get the wood. I'll pay you 100 bucks to take it off my property. Mm-hmm. If we could sell everything like that at Bison Union, we would. But I keep using that word. It's unrealistic yeah. to, to, to think that's going to happen
1: you would need a mall to fit it all you would
0: <laughs> you, you absolutely would um, but the hats and t-shirts are are the bane of my existence and it does pain me that we don't have a hat company in the United States where where everything is made here mm-hmm. everything right. I, I keep saying that cuz somebody's listening to me loading up their shotgun to shoot me down going no there's a company in Texas or there's one on the east coast that makes their hats in the United States and it's my answer simple prove it to me mm-hmm prove it to me that the entire hat, the snapback, the mesh, the button on top, the plastic that goes in the bill to keep it rigid or straight, mm-hmm. every single thing the thread, everything is manufactured in the United States. Right. A challenge, and I should post on the internet and challenge somebody. And then when they say this company, I'll say get that company to post a video online that every it. put their name on it mm-hmm. and make a video and post it and say, "Hey, here's the process. everything we do is made in the United States right. it will not happen that's nobody's sending me that video this year.:
1: Well, and if they want to do it, I'll actually go there and film it myself.
0: I've offered that I said can I come to your factory and see and they're mm-hmm. like well that's when the conversation well the snap back isn't or the mesh isn't or the no. little ball on top is not the button this that the, you know it's it's always there's always a fine print mm-hmm. And again, prove me wrong. If I'm wrong and outdated because I haven't really researched this too much in the last three to four months, if I'm wrong in the last three to four months or there's a company out there sleeping somewhere that is quietly making hats in the United States and we don't know about them, Mm -hmm. let me know because I'll give them a lot of business. (laughs) Not just me. I'll push them to all my friends. Mm -hmm. But the hat's got to be good.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of companies out there that would go for that.
0: Yeah, there would. But again, the, the United States government, and the government has good parts, mm-hmm. but that's one of the things that I despise about our government is they make it really, really difficult to do business in the United States without costing yeah, right. a lot of money, taxes, yeah. permits, whatever it is, you name it, retail mm-hmm. sales. What's your EIN number so we can get you on a re- – you have to have a retail sales certificate for this state. If you're going to do business in that state, you have to have this, and it's like, man – There's a reason most small businesses in the United States fail within the first two years because our government doesn't mind watching them fail. Yeah. They don't make them fail, but they sure as shit don't mind watching companies like ours, startups, and people that put their heart and soul into a bakery, into a lifestyle brand, into woodwork. They don't mind watching them fail left and right every day. Mm hmm So... But that's why I say vote with your dollars. My friend, Evan Hafer, who started Black Rifle Coffee and is a partner with us, he said it four years ago to me, and it's still, vote with your dollars. Support companies that want to see small businesses and working class America and military veterans succeed.
1: That's how that pottery business started.
0: Yep. They, They did. You know, Black Rifle started doing mugs with them in Utah, and then we started too, and It just grew, and now they're right. They've relocated here in in Wyoming just because, you know, it was a better state for them to do business in. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing I tell people: if your business is struggling or you're having issues with your state, and you own a small business that's online, pack up your shit and move. I'm in New York. Like pack up your shit and move. (laughs) Like really, pack Mm -hmm. up and move because you don't realize that you don't you know most of those states if they're good on business they're probably good on income tax too and you might not even have income tax right and the other one is property tax you mm-hmm. know we were going to move to Texas and live in San Antonio in a small modest house in the city limits and property taxes were going to be $14,000 a year wow we bought 20 times the amount of no 40 times the amount of property here in the mountains a smaller house but mm-hmm. property and our property taxes here are $900 a year. Wow. They're $14,000 a year in San Antonio in the city limits. It's like pack up your shit and move. Mm-hmm. Don't do business in a state that's not going to take care of you as a small business owner. You can buy a, a second a house
1: for what you save on your taxes. You really
0: could. You, when you look <laughs> at, the, I mean, the mortgage, I mean, the average mortgage in the United States for middle class America is about twelve dollars to $1,400 mm-hmm. a, a month. You do the math. Right. Yeah, fourteen thousand dollars a year, you, just like you said. Is your that income. covers your mortgage? Yeah, you know, not 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 entirely, but you know, it covers a good chunk of it. Mm-hmm. It's 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 anyway. I know we're we're I'm getting off on a tangent here, but it's hard to watch because I know so many people that are starting businesses and they just struggle. And you know, this vendor thing is another one that there's so many vendors for everything now. Yeah, as there should be and i always tell people that work for us or and again i learned this at other companies working for them and i learned it from my dad if you want to if you want to buy a good that's manufactured by somebody get 3 get 3 estimates mm-hmm. get 3 bids yeah. get 3 prices you know if you're going to print t-shirts go to 3 different t-shirt printers and get 3 different prices because i'm telling you the variation between the first and the third and the second one is going to be Huge. you're going to go wow why is this T-shirt printed $12 with this guy and it's seven with another? And, then and it'll you,
1: be the same shirt.
0: It will be. And then you got to look at, go to those places and watch them print stuff. And mm-hmm. if they don't want to show you that, don't do business with them. No. Say, I want to see the quality of shirt, or I want you to print one of these shirts. And they'll go, well, it takes too long to switch over the screens and do all this stuff and say, well, if you want my business, mm-hmm. I'm not going to spend $5,000 on the first run of shirts if they're going to be garbage and I don't no. know it you know hold people to the fire
1: yeah because that's food off of your plate
0: it is and there's a lot of you know the game of t-shirts hats stickers it it, it just it looks like it's more prevalent now but it's not the united states since the 60s and 70s has done custom t-shirts and hats i mean we're back in the 1980s everybody's Mm -hmm. wearing a trucker cap you know everybody's wearing t-shirts with logos on them everybody's wearing jeans and the same cycle we went through in the 1980s Mm -hmm. and you know for me again I can't stress enough get three bids you know if you're going to do a t-shirt printer get three other printers if you can print local print local because Mm -hmm. then you don't pay shipping and you can walk into that store and you can watch and print your stuff and if somebody doesn't want to let you watch you print watch and print your stuff don't do business with them no say I'd like to stop by and watch my t-shirts being printed and see the process
1: Transparency is Transparency huge. Transparency
0: is is big, and you've seen us this week since you've mm-hmm. been here. If somebody comes into the coffee shop and wants a tour mm-hmm. of everything of where our hats are made, our t-shirts are made, our stickers come from, they can mm-hmm. see our fulfillment center. They can see what we do here. That we're not, you know, we're not using a third party fulfillment center, right. That that is, you know, employing, you know, foreign nationals or illegal immigrants to ship out stuff for a, ten bucks a day. Right. Salary. We're, we're using local, you know, local people from Sheridan, mm-hmm. the town of seventeen thousand people. You can come in and watch our operation. Candace and I, will, we might not get to you in the first five minutes, mm-hmm. but if you hang out a little while in the coffee shop and we're here, we'll give you a tour of the place and show you exactly the process. If you order a hat from us, what 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 it goes through to get from our shelf as a blank to putting a patch on it to get it packaged and get it off the door to you. Yeah. And we're going to make more videos, like the candle video. Like, we have no problem with transparency. Mm-hmm. And if somebody then decides, no, nah, I'm still not going to sort of port a company that makes their hats in Vietnam. No. Yeah. Keep in mind, I, 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 I keep saying this. When I went to the Special Forces qualification course to get my Green Beret, one of the things you got to do before you get your beret is go to language school. Every Special Forces mm-hmm. Green Beret has to learn a language. That's yeah. so what my language was what northern dialect vietnamese wow so the united states army special forces Mm -hmm. had enough of a relationship with vietnam to give me that language Mm -hmm. and then i got to go there on my own to see vietnam but if my language and the companies i'm traveling to are in that region if if i do that in the army i'm good enough to do it as a a civilian citizen that owns a company Mm -hmm. i don't have problem doing business with vietnam my dad was a vietnam era navy guy like i don't have problems doing business with vietnam Mm -hmm. and people are probably there's going to be people that listen to this that are like oh screw that guy but Mm -hmm. you got to have an open mind you you really do you really do
1: And that's kind of why I called this All-American Maker, because it's not just about American makers. It's about the fact that it's the American dream. It's what this country was founded on, and it's people going after what they love. And if what that takes is doing something that betters not just themselves but others, that's huge.
0: It is, and, and you can be realistic about it. If you look at it and go, okay, for the first couple years, the first five years of my business, I'm gonna to have to use some stuff that's made overseas. Mm-hmm. But that might allow me to make enough money to come up with ten million dollars in revenue or get potential right. investors or get a loan from a local bank mm-hmm. at four to five percent interest to to get on board and then work with the local government and the, the business council, which another reason we moved to Wyoming, there's an incredible state. Wyoming Business Council mm-hmm. and then the city of Sheridan and Sheridan County is phenomenal at helping people start businesses and grow them here Yeah. so we might be able to get tax incentives or grants or benefits that will allow us within the next few years to build a factory right here and do exactly what I said and make our own hats mm-hmm. and if I can make it happen I will I, I can and again I would love for everything to be made everything with our companies to be made Right here. Right. And and part of that's a control freak in me. I would love to be able to control the process to, to, to get our cost of goods and our time studies down so that we know exactly how long it takes to print a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And then you add in your power bill and the salary of your employees and yep. the inks that go on the shirt and, you know, you name it. Whatever cost, if I can control that in the building and do time studies and say, hey, we can knock four minutes off of this T-shirt, mm-hmm. which equates to 12 cents a T-shirt like that's where, that's where my brain's at right now. Right. If I can print my own stickers on a sticker maker here, if I can print my own if I can embroider my own hats, if I can roast my own coffee and that's why mm-hmm. Evan from Black Rifle and I wanted to do this is so that we could put a roaster here and I don't have to have my green beans shipped to Black Rifle and have Black Rifle in Salt Lake City or Nashville roast our coffee and then put them on another pallet roasted and bagged right. and ship them here. We just took out an entire step in the shipping chain by roasting our own coffee here. The green beans come right to our building. Mm -hmm. We roast it here. We package it here and we ship it directly to the customer. We just cut out a huge step, which shaved, which is going to shave here in the next few months money off of the price of a bag of coffee.
1: Plus, it gets a better quality product in your customers' hand. It does because their coffee isn't a month old.
0: No, it's coming. You know, it's it's getting to them. We've got it down to a science, and this was a big thing at Black Rifle. Was Evan has always said, "I want the coffee to go off the door as fast as possible to customers." There's no mm-hmm. chemicals added except for a couple of the blends that have some more caffeine in it. Yeah, uh, or roasts, but you know, that's big for me is to get the products to the people as fast as we can. Yeah. And I love it when somebody says, man, they post on social media or send me a message and go, Holy crap. I just, I just ordered a t-shirt this morning at seven o'clock when I got up and at nine o'clock I got a notification of the t-shirt shipping out the door. Yep. You can't do that with a third party fulfillment center. No. It just, you might be able to at some point if you're Amazon, but the fact that we control that here mm-hmm. and somebody can order a t-shirt at 7am and that happened this morning. Somebody messaged me and said, holy crap, I ordered a T-shirt at 7 a.m. and got a mm-hmm. shipping notification and a tracking number at 9, 9 a.m. Right. That, to me, is that's what I want as a customer. Mm-hmm. And then I can track that package as it flies. If it's in the wind, I can track it to my front door. That's awesome. And it's not instant gratification. It's not being no. lazy. It's just it gives you peace of mind that you're voting with your dollars and you spend dollars and people back up what they say.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we're going to mess up. Mm-hmm. We're going to send you a large and when you ordered a medium. And our answer is pretty simple. Keep that medium. Find it a good home. Your large is on the way. Yeah. You know, and that's, again, cust- the customer's king. Hmm. But I have no problem throwing a customer out the door if they come in and shit on the floor. <laughs> it's still America. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, and I'm all hopped up on caffeine right now, so I'm running my mouth and talking a lot. But it's a, as you can see, it's a passionate subject to me. Mm-hmm. I think it's really misunderstood, and it's easy it's easy to to put on your red white and blue underwear and socks and get in your ford truck and stand on the rooftop and shout it i'm only gonna buy american-made stuff and screw those commies and this it's 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 unrealistic right It's unrealistic unless you want to, you know, use oxen or mules to to cart your wagon to town to buy produce that was made locally. Mm -hmm. Like, you get in a car that has a starter and an electrical system in it. You're 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 touching something that's overseas. Your appliances yeah. at home. Your refrigerator. Your microwave. Your television. Your cell phone. Your socks. Your shoes. Like it's it's unrealistic. Yeah. It is.
1: And those minerals and those metals it, don't it, all come from here. No, they
0: don't. L <laughs> an L C D screen like a stainless steel refrigerator. It might mm-hmm. you know it, it again. And and what would happen? and That's the other part of this. The political side. It would be catastrophic if the United States shut itself off and only used trade goods and manufactured items solely from the United States. It right. would put us on an island, and we would be self-sustaining. Don't, I don't think we'd have any problems managing, mm-hmm. but it would cut us off from the rest of the world. The, right. the, beast, the, the beacon of hope for people in the world typically doesn't come from and and I don't want to get into an immigration conversation but mm-hmm. the rest of the world that 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 belief in America being you know a great place to live i think most people's first experiences with that is from some kind of consumer good mm-hmm. whether it's coca cola or seeing a tv show or Having, you know, having a sports team come there to play, whatever it is, whatever, yeah. that, whatever that five-year-old kid in New Delhi, India, sees mm-hmm. that goes, man, America sounds like a great place. It's usually based on a consumer good or a yeah. television show or something made and manufactured in the United States mm-hmm. um, that they come in touch with either physically or mentally. Right. We need to keep that.
1: Well, because if we cut off trade from other people then we're also cutting off the exportation of goods. We are. And that's what makes us a first world country. Yeah, it does. Like once you stop consuming goods or once you stop exporting goods to other places, you become a third world country. That's it. And so, like, we have to keep the back and forth.
0: Yeah, w- without a doubt. And, and it, again, I, I, I traveled the world with the Army. Mm-hmm. The world's a beautiful place and it's easy to sit and share it in Wyoming and, and be a crotchety old man and say, ah, screw them. I'm just going to wear, you know, my buckskin boots that I killed the deer and sewed them up myself and mm-hmm. buck stitched everything on my own. And we're not, you know, I love, I wish I was living in the 1800s, but mm-hmm. it's not the 1800s anymore. No. It's not. And we have to continue to do trade with other countries and have a positive relationship Or we're going to put ourselves in a box and it's not going to work out well. Yeah. It will short term. Long term, it's not going to work out well. Because if we're not dealing with China, Mm -hmm. guess who else is? All of our enemies. And they're going to build a giant superpower and it'll take them 100 years to catch us as far as our military... Nobody's even close. The next 30 countries behind us aren't even close combined to having the military power that we have, Mm -hmm. but that could change over time. And I don't want the next generation or the generation after that to to sit in a glass box in the United States and watch every other evil country in the world amass this huge system and arsenal to attack us. Right. Because if you look at history, the Romans, you name, Spart, you name it, mm-hmm. Pagani, even the British, when they were colonizing the world, at some point everybody else in the world is going to go, let's just mount up and let's just team up and, and crush this or at least make things very, very difficult and take a lot of lives and have it be catastrophic.
1: We don't want to become the British. No, we do not. <laughs> the British then. The yes. British now are cool. great. They're great. <laughs> I, I,
0: I absolutely love the U.K. Um, yeah. And, and I think they're experiencing a lot of the problems we are right now with everything from trade to politics. Um, it's, a, it's a different time, but.
1: Yeah, and to wrap this up, I think what that comes down to is we want to leave a good legacy for the next generation. Absolutely. And, and I feel like your legacy is partially like leaving behind the bison for the next generation because if nobody does anything to bring them back. They're going to go extinct, and no one will ever be able to experience the beauty of seeing them. And they
0: they almost did. And and make no mistake about it, we are not in the business of selling hats, T-shirt, and coffee to line our pockets. We're not. Every single thing that Candace and I do now, and not just Candace and I, our other business partners is to buy more buffalo, to regenerate this animal's numbers back to a million, to 10 million, to 100 million. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, when you look at this ecology and the science behind it, we wouldn't have the Great Plains. We wouldn't have grasslands. We wouldn't... The bison did, have done so much for soil, so much for the grasslands, so much for this country mm-hmm. when they were in the... You know, the numbers range from 30 million to, to 300 million. Yeah. Nobody ever did a census count on buffalo. <laughs> so, but even if it was a million Mm -hmm. buffalo that's a lot if it was 50 million or 100 million that's insane you know it's but they did so much for this country and i think there's not a more american animal out there that's just the true essence of what i think an american should be which is peace through strength you know Mm -hmm. i'm here i'm minding my own business stay out of my space Mm -hmm. don't encroach on me but if you do I'm going to crush you. Yeah. And, and I, I adopt that attitude. I'm trying to be nice like a buffalo all day long. If you're, as long as you're a hundred feet from me mm-hmm. and we're cordial, I respect your space. You respect mine. But if you get in my space, you get in my business, you tell me what to do. I love it. I love the, the way buffalo are. If you get too close, mm-hmm. you're going to get the horns like you just are. And yeah. I think that's America. It, it's the epitome in me. A buffalo is a hardworking animal that minds its own business until it's time to not mind its own business. hmm Um, and it takes a lot, Yeah. it takes a lot to, to get a Buffalo, you know, riled up to the point where they, Buffalo gorilla, they're the same way, huge Mm -hmm. animal. That's a vegetarian, but if you get close to them and you encroach on their space, you're going to get hammered. Yep. So, but that's where all of our money goes. You know, all of our money right now is going back into this bison herd and the property we're trying to acquire to, to continue to grow this herd. And when I say grow it, we want to have the largest private herd in the history of America. Which is a lofty goal we 're going to need to have about seven, eight, nine thousand animals, yeah, uh, but I think with the team we have, we can do it yeah, and if we can keep selling hats and coffee and other stuff and putting that money directly back into bison right I think we 're on the right path, and we Definitely. can you know and, and you 're right that 's the legacy I want to leave mm-hmm. if I die tomorrow i 'm dying and leaving the world with a couple hundred buffalo, hopefully ten years from now, and I live that long it 'll be a couple thousand or more Mm -hmm. you know 10,000 that uh, that's my goal that's awesome and my goal again The the the, the, we got sidetracked because you know that's how my brain works but I really do have a goal of trying to have everything made here right in Sheridan Wyoming yeah do I I think it's going to happen no I I don't think we're ever going to sell a hundred percent of our products will ever be a hundred percent made in the United States or made in Sheridan Wyoming but Man, we can try. Mm-hmm. We can we can try partnering with people like you and, and and bootlegger pottery and black rifle coffee. You know they don't they don't grow coffee beans. Don't grow well in the United States. So, you know I don't think we'll ever. you know, yeah. Unless something drastic changes, and Evan and the guys at Black Rifle figure out a way to grow really good coffee in the United States. Mm-hmm. Which, mark my words, they're trying. <laughs> like if they can, if anybody can do it, those mm-hmm. guys will they'll figure out a way. Um, but you, that's our goal is to have everything made by makers in america like manufactured right here
1: yeah that's awesome well thank you very much for your time
0: yeah absolutely thanks for for having me on and thanks for being here this week it's been really really great um you're a special person and have a special niche and in, in both business and film and what you're doing and we're just happy to be a part of it and have you on the team like it's great it's been a great week
1: yeah my pleasure <laughs> Well, have a great day. Thank you, you too. very
0: much. Thanks, Brent. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah.